Hello, welcome back to the Label 1976 podcast. I'm True Straub. Yeah, I think we're gonna flip and twitch it. Flip and flip it. Flip and switch it. Whatever the kids say these days. And just make this something completely different right now because <laughs> that's what I'm feeling. I appreciate the return listeners for coming back. And then I also appreciate anyone that's listening for the first time. Let's get it. And I also want to state that, you know, if you're listening and anything is too too vulgar or gruesome, I respect everybody's right to keep it moving. Just no disrespect to anyone. I'm just wanting this year to be a different approach on how I Uh, do my podcast so some things may change and the language may change a little bit that's pretty much all I'm trying to say there are things in the world that we don't even nobody wants to really talk about and I want to talk about them I want to talk about everything I want to talk about things that make every everyone uncomfortable or make you comfortable or and disrupt some things or whatever but I just want I think for my podcast to put it all in play This is going to be something of things you possibly perhaps didn't know mixed with crime, mixed with music, uh, and that's pretty much it. And I'm going to incorporate a movie review. That's what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to give you guys this whole podcast, this whole year and moving forward until I decide to change it. So that's pretty much where I am No, I can't really tell you. It's an adventure podcast. If you try to find me on the podcast that you listen to, I'm not really sure where you would find me. But as long as you put in label 1976, it's going to always bring up True Straub. So just make sure you continue to do that and I'd appreciate it. My topic for this episode is going to be a story that I just heard about, about the youngest convicted murderers um, in the USA at the time of their at the time of their actual crime so it just it just kind of sparked something in me it's kind of unbelievable but it is believable but it's very believable so their names are Curtis and Catherine Jones maybe you've probably never heard of them maybe you have but the story goes that uh, in 1999 Curtis and Catherine Jones were siblings in middle school when they, they gained notoriety as confessed killers. So their crime was the fatal shooting of their father's living girlfriend, whom they're trying to say that, well, the prosecutors were trying to state that they were jealous of, but they weren't. The story goes, because I, I watched Catherine's interview. She was younger than her brother at the time. She basically said that her mother, uh, which was Caucasian, and her father was black, so the mother and the father uh, used to have a volatile relationship. The father used to beat the mother all the time. And the mother just got tired of it. So she ended up leaving. When she left, he wouldn't let her take her kids with her. She ended up leaving. She's like, I'm going to come back and get you guys whenever I get on my feet and get some money, blah, blah. She leaves. So, of course, when she leaves, all hell ensues because now we're with the uh, beater, pretty much. And so the father... Mr. Jones lets one of his family members move in, a male family member. And back then, you know, you can't really check anybody's rap sheet and things like that. You can't. You don't know what nobody was doing back in 1999. And it's so crazy that 1999 feels like 1921 now. That's what's crazy. From Catherine Jones' account, when the family member moved in, it just, it was just the father and the family member. It was a male family member, as I stated. 
they were just kicking in and stuff and you know the kids were just going to school and doing I mean, pretty much she was five when he moved in and her brother was a year younger than her she stated in her interview that from the time said family member moved in to the time of the crime that she was sexually abused from five all the way up until 13 that he had already began sexually abusing her from that time from five and that she told several people she told a social worker that came by to check on the kids because you know they come and check on you whenever your mother's not in the home and the mother states any kind of complaint to the um, defects people pretty much but that all of her accounts every time she said something they couldn't ever find any evidence so they never did anything about it so whenever she told her dad he was just like stop making up lies because you know kids be lying about that kind of stuff but so whenever the dad got a new girlfriend he got a new girlfriend and all this sexual abuse is still going on Sonia Nicole Spikes was the actual girlfriend of Mr. Jones uh it looks like Catherine felt that Sonia which is the victim again I have to state that because I'm not I don't want to victim blame I'm just going to try to tell the story that Sonia would see certain things with that relative and see how he was touching the kids or just doing something out of character and she wouldn't say anything in Catherine's interview which I'm going to put in the actual description of this episode so you can watch it for yourself Catherine stated that the last time that anything happened she had went to the shower and taken a shower She's in the shower and said relative came in and pulled the shower curtain back and was um, sitting there pleasing itself, watching her shower. She said all she did was cower and go into the corner of the bathtub and just sit there. And then when he was done, he put a nickel on the toilet. And that must have been her breaking point. She gets up, she gets dressed, and goes into the actual dining room area. Her brother's in the dining room area as well. They see Sonia sitting there. Sonia saw him go into the bathroom. She saw all these these things. And again, the interview will, she'll, she'll explain it better, a little bit better. Um, so they said that she was just sitting there, and they just got mad at her, and that... Catherine shot once and it hit her in the stomach and the gun fell to the floor. Her brother, Curtis, picks it up and unloaded. the. It was a revolver. So he unloaded the other five shots into her. That's it. She's, of course, deceased. The prosecutors try them as adults because they feel like it was premeditated. And then they try them as first degree murder. Completely negating what they've already told them and anything that could have been done to spare uh, Miss Spite's life or anything, like just to get them kids out of that house, just anything. They try them as straight up adults at 12 and 13. They get first degree murder charges whenever the trial is said and done. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to state that once Catherine told defects that she was being sexually assaulted and actually came out and said it when she was in the younger area not when she was 13 but when she was probably like seven eight what drove it for me is that whenever she said that her brother said that he was getting sexually assaulted as well so i forgot to put that on there i'm sorry i did that late 
But yeah, so I want to drive this home because that right there in itself made them both probably infuriated with someone, an adult sitting around and you're not saying anything about anything. So let me just put that there. Now, going to give a couple of statistics. Young prisoners thrown into the adult system already face higher rates of abuse, mental problems, and attempted suicide. Uh, and this is pretty much from a Georgetown University um, psychologist, Jennifer Wool Woolard. They're, they can also be separated in adult prisons and isolated to protect them from general population, she added. The effects can be devastating on young, pe young people who are still developing. Studies have shown. On one hand, you think you're younger and more malleable to what happens to you. But on the other hand, there are your formative years that are happening in a deprived environment. You put a, a 12 and 13 year old in prison for the rest of their life. Adult prison didn't even go to juvenile. It may have been an adult crime, which I kind of get that. But I still can't fully wrap my mind around how this even happened and how the system just failed these young people. That's crazy. That, it just, it, it, it's mind-blowing. So in Florida, Curtis and Catherine grew up in a quiet neighborhood. And they were pretty much in suburbia. It's on a coastal community. They didn't know anything about anything about any kind of gutter life in prison. You know what I mean? So it just takes you your mind to a different level if you're a thinker like I am. So uh, the, the prosecutors were trying to say the motive was at one time they had to be a trio, sort of like the three amigos. But I'm like, okay, they already were missing their mother, but they love their father because a lot of girls are daddy's girls. So I get it. And then they just love their father. They probably didn't want to see their family separated but that doesn't mean they would be so jealous to just kill a woman if this party didn't come in that was sexually abusing them that is crazy and the dad has never said anything and when everything went on was going on the dad was actually when you see the video that i'm going to post in the section of the episode the description of the episode you're going to see that the dad was still just like in complete denial like nobody touched him i don't get it I don't know. Did you raise two psychopaths? Are they lying? I'm not really sure, but I felt like this was a very interesting story. And I had never knew about it, as I stated, until like just this week. thought you guys would find that interesting, so I hope you did. The names again were Catherine and Curtis Jones. The flip side of it, they did get out. They got out. Catherine got out and married a naval officer. Uh, she actually got out in 2012. And yeah, she married and has three kids. Her brother got out. He's a pastor now. To me, just honestly, since it's my podcast and I can say what I want to say, he looked kind of crazy, but <laughs> it's not funny. What I'm saying is for a young boy to already be abused at that young age, and I'm just going to say what everybody probably would be thinking. For a young boy to be abused at that age, six, seven, like that, and then you go to adult prison, if they did not separate him, it's going to be more of the same, or it probably was more of the same. He was so, like, he's still an attractive guy, but you could just tell he'll shank you on Saturday morning while you're having your eggs. It just looks like he's very angry. Angry that I'm this way, and I probably don't want to be this way, but I just, y'all made me this way because you've been messing with me my whole life. Like, and that's going to be another episode I tackle 
that's going to be another topic I actually tackle this year because that kind of stuff is what I mean. Some people may not even be what, what they are now if nobody ever touched them. So yeah, look Catherine and Curtis Jones up if you're interested one day. And then also, just to put the cherry on top, he's a pastor now. So Pastor Jones probably like, come get this blessing. Come get this blessing right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too funny. I just, I gotta stop making jokes out of things that are serious. Okay, so I'm gonna try something. This is gonna be my movie review little segment that I put in. I'm gonna go ahead and try to go with. So the movie is called Duel, like I challenge you to a duel. And it's on Hulu, actually. And the premise of the movie is that this, this young lady, she's terminally ill. And when you're terminally ill in the future type of thing, I don't even think it was like far in the future i think it looked like it was probably like six years from now they didn't really give a, a year on it but basically it lets you pick a clone whenever you're terminally ill and you can transfer all your emotions all of your memories all of your everything into this clone for a you know of course a, a fee to do this now whenever you choose your clone and you transfer all your data into this clone and everything while the clone is living because it's a person now right they have bills you're paying a monthly fee for the clone and then you're also paying for their living expenses wherever they're going to live if they don't live with you and this is a whole clone so this young lady transfers all her stuff into the clone her relationship with her uh, man was already going bad because it looked like he was not answering her calls and stuff and they were doing like a long, long distance relationship type of thing. And so she gets this clone. She transfers everything over to the clone. <laughs> everything that's going on with the clone is pretty much like the clone is like new and improved me. You know, her doctor told her she was terminally ill. She only had like six months to live. So she's sitting there making the clone her so that her parents or people the point was that nobody would miss you whenever you're gone because you just transfer everything into that clone but then also they would it would make it uh easier for the people that were going to miss you whenever you were dead all right let's go with that so the clone is starting to be bigger and better she goes to the doctor and the doctor is like you know what we made a miscalculation you're not dying so then the girl comes back and she's like, hey, guys, I'm not dying. Uh, I want to go ahead and decommission my clone. The clone is like, uh-uh, for what? I'm living my best life right now and I have rights because I'm a person. And so the clone is pretty much trying not to get decommissioned or whatever. So it's like a whole thing. And they're like, okay, well, uh, yeah, if you want her to get decommissioned, then you're still gonna have to pay her monthly fee her monthly bills and everything because you ordered it but then also since she's contesting uh that she doesn't want to be decommissioned um in order for y'all both can't like live live on this earth together you you can't because she was supposed to be her and you're supposed to be dead so since you're not dying now we're gonna have to have a duel to see who deserves to live as you yeah so it's kind of deep. If anybody want to watch it, I'm not going to tell you the whole, you know, I'm not going to tell you how it ends and like all that kind of stuff like that. But I just thought it was interesting. And so I'm talking to, <laughs> I'm talking to my partner yesterday about it. And I was like, you know what? What if everybody's still going to be getting, oh, clones don't age. 
So if everybody's still getting older and the clone isn't getting older, how are you saving them from you dying? But then when they die, that clone is still going to be alive because it's not a person. It's synthetic, right? So what was the point of spending money to get a clone and then this chick is a turncoat? You got me messed up. For real. But yeah. You need to watch Duel on Hulu. It was a good watch. I watched it on a... Uh, but watch it like on a Sunday. Don't watch it when you got other things to watch. Little shows and stuff. Because you're going to... If you're anything like me, you're not going to like the ending. But that's all I'm going to say about it. So Duel on Hulu. For my label, 1976 Music Spotlight. I chose Toby in Winway. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I apologize. But um, I really, really like Toby. And I love his wife, Fat. Um, they are amazing, like, representation for Black History Month. And just for Black families as a whole, they are. And I'm not talking about for right now. Just as a whole. I mean, I, I, I just really appreciate everything they bring to the genre of hip-hop, R&B, Contemporary, it's like there you can't pigeonhole them into anything. And I beseech you, because you know I love that word, to watch any of their live music. Um, Five Five is good. They were just on Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon. Their live segments that they do at their house. The movement is so awesome. How they incorporate the children in their music and their videos. And even in his raps, he says, if I can't bring my, my wife and my babies, I'm leaving. If I can't bring my wife and my babies, I'm leaving. It is such a, he is such a alpha. He is such a great representation of what we need to see more of when we say black. And when we say black families and when we say black history. So I have to give it up for them. And his wife is just, fat is so amazing to me because... She just she does the most while she's pregnant. She does it right after she gives birth. She'll be wrapping a baby and put it on, wrap the baby around and put it on her back and still be rapping and still son half of these rappers that are out right now. And they're such a power couple to me. And also Toby, his freestyles on Sway in the Morning, his freestyles anywhere. You can catch him like that and he will freestyle on a dime. It's like talent it's like unmitigated talent i i just view them and just be like wow i just want to know them and like be their friend or something <laughs> can i just be around can i get one of those mint jogging suits or whatever but it's amazing and it just seems like everybody in their crew is on the whole bandwagon of we really want to uplift you and and uplift your family and uplift everything you're about because we want to be a part of this and the unity is amazing. So, yeah, that's my label 1976 music spotlight for this episode. For the first episode of Black History Month, uh, Toby in Winway. And the last name is spelled N-W-I-G-W-E. Toby actually used to be a football player before he became a rapper. And he's of Nigerian descent. Um, he was raised Catholic. But now he's non-denominational, uh, religious-wise. Yeah, he played high school football, went to college um, at University of North Texas. He's from Houston. They always scream in Houston in their stuff. But yeah, like, I really, 
I really, really like this artist and I love his family and I love everything that they, they stand for. So please look out uh, for them. And I'm telling you, if you listen to their stuff, you just become empowered. I just feel like rage every time, not rage, but in a good way. Like I, I feel crunk, like empowered, like I can do something after I listen to their music. Thank you for tuning in. That's going to be the end of this episode for this week. Um, guys, again, anywhere you see Label 1976, please follow the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, tell a friend, tell your mama, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your daddy, tell your uncle. Tell everybody we're coming out strong this year. This is going to be a different year. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep this going. So keep me going. I love the, uh, I love the comments. I love the feedback. Give me more. You can email me at label976, got to spell it out, at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at true underscore strob. You can follow me on Instagram at true underscore strob. Uh, I'm all the places, all the places. Uh, just, just look up true strob and I will be there. And please remember, it's good to be loved, but it's profound to be understood.